What's up, everybody? Welcome back to football today. Before we get into the episode, I just want to say uh, if you haven't already uh, followed my Instagram page, the football uh, today VG uh, and the Twitter handle, please follow those. We, you know, uh, we give updates when the episode's out, and uh, we also discuss a bunch of uh, different things, whatever is going on in the football world. Uh, so there's that. Also, thank you for the support. Everything has been um, has been uh, immense lately. Um, so thank you guys for that. Um, so let's get started to the episode. Um, today's topic is um, it's also a weird one because um, it's about winning trophies on the bench. Um, so. I put this question out on Twitter about a couple of days ago. Just, you know, I shouldn't have put it out, but I did. And um, funny thing is, you know, one of, one of my followers, um, you know, chimed in and he kind of, you know, ha- aimed it. You know, he attacked the question um, on a one dimensional way, which was cool. Um, there's multiple dimensions. So basically, you know, in the whole co- question here is that, you know, winning trophies on the bench is, does that count? Does that, you know, does that earn you that, you know, um, I guess that respect, that title, that you are a champion, that, you know, bragging rights, all of that. So to put it into context, um, you know, in 2010, Spain won the World Cup. And as what happens with, you know, a lot of uh, international tournaments, there's a bunch of guys that are on the bench that don't get any minutes. So I did some research. And Spain 2010, they played seven games. Clearly, they, um, you know, won enough games to get to the knockout stages They've gathered enough points, I should say. They gathered enough points to make to the knockout stages. And from then on, they won every match. So they played seven games. And I highlighted two players on that on that team. One is Juan Mata. Um, and the other one is Javi Martinez. So both of these guys in seven games played a total of 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Um, roughly, um, so give or take, you know, the seconds and the, you know, a minute there, a minute there. So they played 20 minutes, not, not together. Each of them played 20 minutes, the whole tournament. They both got medals, um, under their honors. You know, it says world cup champion 2010. So that is one aspect, you know, because there's different routes you can take. You can also say, you know, um, you know, Robert Zeiler and Roman Weidenfeller for the 2014 Germany uh, World Cup squad didn't play any minutes. You know, the goalkeepers for, you know, majority of the time in international tournaments don't play. They didn't play any minutes zero and 
they they got World Cup medals. Same with if you want to go outfield players, we could do that too. Lucas Podolski did not play any significant minutes, right? Julian Draxler did not play any significant minutes. Eric Durham did not play any significant minutes, right? There's a bunch of guys on every team, you know. The goalies is a different, you know, it could be a different argument in comparison to the outfield players. But it's more or less the same concept in a way, um, just a little altered for the goalkeepers. Because you can only play one goalkeeper, so that's a that's already a big restriction. So I was looking at it, and, you know, as I said, one of the followers said, you know, psychologically, it's not... It's not a victory for you. It's not It's not really, you didn't win. It's not a championship. It's not, you know, whatever. It's not a trophy. It's not a title. Because you weren't part of it. So, and in, in some sense, that is true. Because, you know, obviously you earned the right to be part of that team. Whether it's a club team. Whether it's a, dom- uh, a domestic cup, international cup, a national team, it, club competition. whatever the, Whatever the competition, right? You earned your right. To be part of that team. So, for example, you know, the Germany team 2014, that one, right? You know, Robert Zeiler and Lucas Podolski and Eric Derm and Matthias Ginter and Kevin Groskoitz, right? All of these players did something to earn the qualification of being in this 23-man squad. So what does that mean? That probably means, you know, they did something really good. So their performances in the season before were really good and they earned the right to be in the squad. So they obviously worked hard. They, you know, they put a lot of time to develop their develop themselves. So it's not all in all like, you know, you're just sitting on the bench. You're just riding with the wave with the, you know, you're just riding in the car with the guys. Again, like I said, in some sense, you can make the argument that it is. You were just riding in the car because, like I said, um, some of these guys have zero minutes under their belt. But, you know, under their honors, it will say World Cup champion. But like I said, you know, Germany has a high population. So there's a lot of soccer players. You know, I'm taking Germany because, you know, Germany has the highest population in Europe. So of all that people, you were one of the 23 that, you know, made the final made the final cut. So obviously you're not no you're not a scrub. You're not um you know undeserved. You clearly did something right to earn this spot. You did something right in the process. Your work was correct. Now Obviously, you know, there will be better players than you in your position. So you may not play. So Andre Schurle didn't, you know, didn't start, you know, wasn't involved in um, too much of the games as far as minutes. But when he came on, he was really good. He came on for the um, Brazil game. He got a couple goals. He was very effective. He came on for the Argentina, the final and he was the one that provided the assist to Mario Gotze. So, 
yes, people say, well, well, Andre Shirley was the one that, you know, made the pass. That's correct. He was, but he was still riding in the car. And that pass, if that pass earns him, you know, the bragging rights to say, well, I'm a champion and it doesn't give the right to players like Matthias Ginter, I think there's an error involved there. Psychologically, it might have a different effect. I will concede that. Because psychologically, as a player, you know, if you didn't, if you're, you know, if you're the 10th, 12th, 11th guy, um, you know, when I say 10th, 12th, I mean like out of the 23-man squad and then you factor out the starting 11, you're like third in, in the depth chart. You're not going to play. We The whole world knows that you're not going to play, but you're still, you know, you're still huddle around the teams in extra time. You still, you know, um, you play that quote-unquote the cheerleader on the bench. You know, you're motivating the starting 11. You're motivating the guys on the pitch to, you know, let's go, let's go, get it done. You know, you're motivating. You're still a cheerleader because you have earned the right to be on that bench. So it's very, it's very, uh, it's very strange when people sometimes say, you know, it doesn't count because it was he was the third goalie, and then it's it's tough to argue in some sense because you can't really say you don't you don't really have much statistics and facts and um, you know anything to prove otherwise because like I said, the guy has not played any minutes but will receive a trophy. And many people, I'm starting to, I don't say, I don't think this is like an increasing thing, but I'm starting to recently see it. You know, when people ask, oh, well, what has he done? And then you would see another person reply back with, I guess, their their accolades. And then someone would point out, well, he was just on the bench for that. He barely played for that one. So, and he was like 17. So he barely played for that championship or that title. And then... And then you would just be stuck in a pickle. But like I said, it's it's part of a team. That's what team means. Yes, some players uh, take on a bigger responsibility, a bigger burden. Guys like Schweinsteiger, you know, he was the one that, you know, get got the cut in the final. He was the one that was getting cramps. His knees were hurting. He was grinding it out. He was the leader, he was the backbone, he was the rock, right? So he may have taken more punishment, he may have done more, he may have uh, led by example. And it doesn't mean that he earned it more than someone else. He just had a bigger role to play um, in the process. Um, And in comparison, Lucas Podolski, you know, Lucas Podolski didn't play much, right? Same age as, um, give or take one year, same age as uh, Schweinsteiger. But he was, you know, he Yogi Lowe was reluctant to start him and play. He was brought in as a, you know, experienced head. You know, he was brought in to, um, for example, in training, right? Prior to games, you know, when the national teams is training. You know, these are the guys you're depending on to give their best to you know, bring out the best from the starting 11 or the potential starters. So, 
you know, Lucas Podolski has, you know, given his time and his share of debt to the German national team. Look at what he's done. 2006, he, he won the 2061 youngest, uh, young player of the year for young player of the year of the tournament or whatever. Um, 2010, he was really good. Or I think, no, 2000, 2000, yeah, 2010, he was, he was good. 2006, he won young. And then 2014, he was just not good enough to start, but he was good enough to be on the bench. And he brought that experience and he, you know, all that fight and sweat and tear and blood that he endured um, before earned him that, you know, that spot, that selection in the 2014 team. And it goes for, you know, some of these players are really good. So, you know, if you were to say, well, um, you couldn't start X and Y, but you have to start Z, then, you know, it's not bad. Because like I said, in the in the example of the Spain national team for 2010, you know, like I said, Mata and Javi Martinez played 20 minutes. But both of these players are very good players. So they would have contributed differently, but possibly still successfully and effectively for the run to the to the World Cup trophy for Spain. Um, at that time, maybe the manager is um, seeking to play players, you know, that maybe, um, you know, have that morale and that through the club level. So maybe he's opting to play the Barcelona players. He's opting to play the Real Madrid players. Um, you know, at that moment, Javi Martinez, Javi Martinez was in Atletico Bilbao. So how much of a, you know, most of these guys he's playing against, he, or he's playing against, um, against their club. He, you know, they're not sharing each other's, uh, you know, lockers and, you know, training grounds. Juan Mata at that time, I believe at that time he was at, um, I want to say he was at Chelsea, but I'm not certain. I got to look that up. Juan Mata, I, I don't know if he was at Chelsea or not, but um, I will look it up and I will get the result. But, you know, both of these guys um, have been sitting, you know, they sat on the bench. But like I said, they earned that right to be where they are because they must have done something. They must have done something to qualify themselves to be on that bench. Like I said, they are one of 23 members to represent their country. So if it was, you know, not every 23 is going to play. Not everybody's going to be able to, you know, lock and load and be great for their country. So being one of the 23 is already a great achievement. Uh, it seems that on our going back, Juan Mata was still at Valencia, I believe. Yes, he was still at Valencia. Looks like he was still at Valencia. So, again, most of these guys um, playing in La Liga, you know, and most likely the manager, the coach, opted to go with the more familiar lineups with the, the Xavi, the Iniesta, the Busquets, you know, um, Puyol, um, what else? Ramos, PK, um, Arbeloa, guys like that. More familiar. Um, and I mean, it worked, so you can't fault them. But again, like I said, these guys, Juan Mata and uh, Martinez, they're both very good players back then. And even now, as it shows. 
So just the indication of playing 20 minutes is not validating anybody to say that they are not worthy of it. And um, I think it, I think that's a poor, poor reasoning because, you know, like I said, different players have different roles and you just have to embrace it. If you are called to, you know, be the cheerleader and that is the motivation your team gets to push it, you know, through the final, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes of the second half to, you know, grind it out or get a result, then it may be what that that is your role. If you are the, you know, Ronaldo for the 2016 Euro Cup, he was injured in the final. He was substituted out and he was on the touchline coaching and he was motivating. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, he didn't really do much in the World Cup. Yeah, you're right. He didn't play that many tough, you know, teams. But again, he did what he had to do and you could only defeat what's in front of you. And he didn't play against uh, against France in the final, but, you know, he was, he was motivating. He was, quote-unquote, coaching his Portuguese peers. So... The sense that, you know, um, it may have a psychological effect um, is true. Um, you know, if you're if you're a young kid or if you're a young um, professional athlete or, you know, any type of athlete and you're not playing a lot of minutes, but you're still part of a team, you know, but you don't you're not called upon. You're not, you know, expected to do much. Um, the responsibilities aren't great for you. It's 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 it could be it could be bad for younger generations as far as uh, younger kids these generations now because of that you know giving trophies for um, second place you know I know it's not a second place trophy you're, you're you won the damn thing but it doesn't matter if it's first second or third um, you know and I'm scoping it out I'm not talking about just professional football because there's uh, you know amateur levels and there's you know your local leagues and all that where you get first second third um you know for kids and you know they have may have not done anything and they have received maybe a uh, a trophy for first second or third and psychologically it might be a good thing but uh as the older you and psychologically could be a bad thing for a young kid but the older you get you do realize you're like i really didn't do much i don't deserve this as far as some people as far as some people. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough, it's a tough, you know, great, it's a tough area and it's a great area because everybody's situation is different as a human psychologically and the effects. Um, but personally, for example, if I was riding on the bench and I was part of a team and we won, um, you know, and I didn't do much, um, I would, I would feel a sense of, you know, um, like, well, I'm part of a team, so I earned the right, and I am, I am part of this winning, um, you know, winning team, winning squad, but I didn't really contribute to the success, I just was part of the success, um, and I didn't contribute in a performance sense, so that would play a lingering factor for, you know, some people, you know, they would take it and they would run with it. Some people would, you know, be psychologically destroyed or psychologically it would help them. You know, everybody's different. 
I think most people that, you know, the ones that really want to be, um, you know, improved, that's what it will be the cause of. I think they will go back and let's say to the gym, to the pitch, to the courts, whatever sport you play to improve your performance, to improve your technique, to improve, you know, if it's basketball, to improve your jump shot, if it's soccer, to improve your crossing, your defending, um, your man marking, if it's, for example, tennis, your backhand, your forehand, your serves, if it's swimming, to perfect the, the, the type of swim you're doing and the timing, and let's say maybe the, uh, the regiment. So everything plays a factor. Um, and and uh, like I said, the one big aspect maybe is, uh, let's say, when we look at it, um, people would say, oh, well, you know, when this team won, a certain player celebrated differently than that player, which ties down to everything, you know. Um, for some players... Um, so let's say players like a Schwansteiger, players like a a Xavi, players like, um, you know, players that were part of the whole performance of the, you know, the whole campaign, whether it's in the league, whether it's in, you know, a league is different because, you know, it's a longer, it's a longer tournament. So you there's more opportunities for you to play and everybody's involved. But let's say in a World Cup or a Euro Cup or any international tournaments for all around the world. Um, you know, different people, different players celebrate differently because, you know, Mario Goetze and Schürrle, I'm sure, celebrated differently than Matthias Ginter, even though both, um, all or actually all three were technically bench players. The fact is that, you know, it gets, quote-unquote, I guess, I don't want to say emotional because it does, but it just doesn't. Again, it matters who you are. It gets emotional um, for the certain player because, you know, you're like, wow, this finally paid off. Like, I was the reason that, you know, we were, we won, we scored, or I was the, I made that right pass, or I defended that properly, or I made that save. So you take it more to heart. It comes more home, you know. And then, you know, that's why, you know, people say, oh, like, oh, your your dad is always watching your highlights from when you're younger, when you made the save, the goal, the winning shot, uh, the penalty kick. In all aspects of sports, you know, you you save that image, you save that video, that film in your in your head. Like, you know where you were when you did that. And it comes to, as fans too, you know where you were when you're watching your team win the cup or your team winning the Champions League or the World Cup or the Euro Cup, whatever. Same with the players. The player was like, wow, I, you know, all that hard work on the pitch, all that hard work in the league before, I, I earned the right for being one of the 23. Now I earned the right to, you know, come as a substitute or start the final. So, you know... That is a, it's a really good point to make in my eyes. Um, and there was an example, I want to throw an example out for, I, I may have come into a little, but there was a basketball game. I don't remember. I, I think it was like two, three years ago. I don't remember the specifics of it, but it was a timeout. And one of the bench players was huddling with the, with the starting five. Um, and if you don't know basketball, I'm really sorry. I'm sure most of you guys have a small grasp of it. But, you know, the starting five was huddled with the coach. 
and a certain um, you know bench player comes and huddles to as you know quote quote of you know showing the image of a team but he was not really you know he didn't play a single minute the whole the whole series he didn't play one single and the whole world knew he was you know the whole world knew that he had no chance of playing any of these games zero he was like the last man on the squad he was the 15th guy he was the last player to be subbed in but he still huddled he still you know showed that unity he showed cohesiveness you know even if it's um even if it's a playoff game or it's a regular season game i think it doesn't matter because you you build that bonding moment that relationship moment that uh, commitment moment that team moment and you let your ego aside and you know your role and i think that's the best time when um when you know where your role is um that's when you realize okay i know what i have to do it's very simple but it's critical that i do it and even if it means you know even if it means that i'm going to be portrayed as you know the the person the player that didn't do much this i'm not here to do that i will get my opportunity hopefully some other time but as of right now my team needs me to do you know this and that and you know i have been part of that and i don't like it because i like to be involved i like to do the you know i like to be you know the person that passes for the last shot or you know passes for uh you know or makes the shot or you know makes the pass for for the goal or you know step up for the penalty kicks i like that and being part of a team that you know one time i had to you know take a back seat it was really hard to adapt and it was really tough because your whole life you know people have depended on you on like the on whatever sport to you know put a performance in to get a result and all of a sudden you're asked to you know take a lesser role and you know relinquish that you know i guess that um you know like lion share the lion share of owning um and that responsibility in your hands and on your shoulders so it's very tough i can see why you know a bunch of older guys you know they retire they don't want to go to a lesser team and take a deep lesser role it's very hard and that's where ego comes into your ego and your psychological behavior you know so on that aspect it's tough um on a different aspect you know everybody has to know their role even though i didn't like it for example personally i continued to do the role because i knew that you know i was still the player that you know i may not be playing now but prior to getting to this situation i played and i gave a positive impact to the process to the goal eventually of winning the championship so in my eyes i knew i was like well i'm not playing now and i didn't play yesterday and i didn't play the week before and i'm probably not going to play in the future as much but i made a significant significant effort to position ourselves to be here so i'm i am technically part of it i may not be part of it directly right now but i have to take the role as you know coach 
to mentor, to teach, to um, make the right calls, all of that. And I think that is when I realized, okay, I rather coach, I rather teach a sport to younger generations. And that's why um, that's that's where the love of, I guess, switching from a player to a coach came in. And, uh, you know, I've coached football and I've coached basketball. I've coached from, you know, six and seven year olds and I've coached 11 and 12 year olds. And I've coached, um, you know, high schoolers from 16, 17, 18. So, so that is probably the biggest, like, adaptation, um, you know, from winning and being part of it to, you know, winning but not being part of it in a bigger, in a smaller scale now, right? You were part of it in a bigger scale. You, you know, you, you were passed the ball more or, you know, you shot the ball more. And now you're more of a um, designated player. You come in for garbage time or you come in to provide support. Um, and that's, that's your role. You got to, you got to embrace your role and you got to know your, role. because if no one knows their role and someone tries to go out of their place, that's when um you know the team has a divide and you know nothing gets done so that's that also explains a lot because like i said that is the reason why i turned to coaching um i love i love teaching and i love coaching i like being in charge um i like being the leader i've always been the leader so it was only the right way to approach this this whole um, fiasco for me in my eyes, you know. Um, but that what I what I was trying to get into. So what I was trying to get into is that, you know, if anybody follows me on Twitter, I am probably if you ask my followers honestly, they probably say you I'm annoying as hell, because like during the games I would say I would like look at the game and then. I would say I would tweet out what I'm seeing as far as a, you know, um, analysis point of view. Um, and I would just be like, oh, well, you know, there's gaps here. So we need to switch off here. The tactics is off. Uh, he's doing this wrong. And then, you know, create and then like propose a solution. I would always propose a solution or, you know, give an option. Always do that. That's a great thing that people don't know. If you if you criticize, and regardless if you're right or wrong, always propose a solution. You can't say, "Well, this is wrong. You should change it." Okay, well, change it to what? You need to create a proposal, because it's great whenever you say it's easy to say someone is wrong. It's harder to give them a, a, a you know, uh, I guess a great advice, an effective advice that they can you know take up, um, and it, that's in all walks of life, obviously. So. So, like I said, I tweet a lot about in-game analysis. And my Twitter followers are probably sick and tired. Um, and I'm not right always, always uh, as far as, you know, like I, I tweeted like, oh, for the uh, for the Pokal game against Berlin, Bayern Munich, you know, I was shouting out uh, Javi Martinez to come on for, um, for, for Goretzka after the second goal. So, we were up 2-1. Two, two and we went up and, you know, I was basically shouting out for defensive change because we had gaps in the midfield. 
you know we were more we were more scattered we were playing a more posi- uh not yeah we were playing more of like a, a now I want to say possession like we came out to dominate the ball but we did dominate but we came out and you know didn't give berlin a chance so i saw that but you also can see the gaps because you're playing possession everyone is scattered to create space there's so much space for the for the players to move into and there's space for the Bayern Munich players to move into so it's a double effect it could be negative or positive for both teams either way it could the pendulum can swing either way so i was calling out for Javi i was calling out for Javi i indeed wanted Javi to start to um lessen you know cuz Neuer wasn't playing it was Ulreich and it was Hummels and Sula. And everybody thought, you know, Hummels and Sula should play. I made a shot for Boateng. That didn't come out true. Um, I think Boateng should have played, for example, um, for specific reasons that I said on Twitter. But So I asked for Javi after, after the second goal to make a more defensive substitution. And what happened? It didn't come. And, you know, Mats Hummels, uh, con- uh, you know, made a mistake individual mistake and it cost us a goal and it was equalized and then i was like well are you kidding me and people and you know some people might say well that that's not that doesn't really mean that if javi was on you know um if javi was on uh matt hummels wouldn't would have done wouldn't have done that and i completely agree that it's not a causal thing like oh just because he's doing he's on that would have not happened i'm definitely not saying that what I'm saying is that it's the point, it's the concept. You see that you are up 2-1 and there's uh, errors in the back. There are errors from Sula, there's errors from um, Hummels, there's gaps um, being left behind from uh, Kimmich. Um, Alaba, Alaba is also trying his best. The team is struggling, needs some energy, needs needs some uh, direction, so that's when the manager comes. The manager can inject some energy. The manager can inject some morale into the team by making a change. And that's what I felt like the change would have brought also. You know, it would have, it would have uh, you know, given some confidence Oh, to Matt Hummels and Sula. Uh, in their minds, they could have th- thought, you know, oh, wow, okay, now we have a DM in front of us to protect us a little. Which in value would have helped Ulreich also. Um, also... Um, it seemed that early, we, I mean, eventually when you look at the whole game, we weren't that bad, but in key times, it felt like, uh, in the air, the aerial duels were not us. We were losing them, you know, cause in the midfield, it was Hamas and Tiago and at times Goretzka and sometimes Hummels and Sula couldn't get to those aerial balls. So you had to be the midfielders and they will be losing out on those because of, uh, tall players from Berlin so it was really tough um, and like I said I, I veered off a little but it's sort of to tell to tell you know inform everybody um, about the situation of you know how I became like this and connecting it to um, winning this count was winning trophies on the bench count when you have zero uh, minimal or zero um, you know I guess involvement and uh, I would say yes because you know like I said the timeline is fitting because uh, many players um, myself you know we go from you know being part of a team that you're involved 
and then it lessens and lessens and lessens and all of a sudden some some players um you know they decide they want to go into coaching into managerial position the likes of Thierry Henry uh Solskjaer for example you know Solskjaer he was a he was a substitute his old life he was involved but he was a substitute and um you know now he went he went to Cardiff he relegated Cardiff he was poor for Cardiff and then he got another opportunity with United and look what he's doing um same with Kovac you know Kovac played for Berlin Kovac played for Bayern Munich so he was a player he won his uh, you know he was he was a good player for Croatia one I think uh, player of the tournament uh, a Croatian player to, of the tournament or something like that he was really good uh, or player of the tournament something like that he was part of the 11 I'm not sure but he was really good in 2008 Kovac and then you know it lessened his role and he became he was basically you know ousted not ousted as in you're kicked out but you know the team lessens your role because you know better guys come into it and then and then all of a sudden you see yourself in a pendulum. Do I stick it around and be, you know, um, you know, cleaning dust on the bench? Because you're not doing much. Or do I take a different approach? You know, some, yeah, and that's where coaching comes involved. And that's what Niko Kovac did. Niko Kovac learned when he got his license, coached some teams. Recently he won with Frankfurt and now he's at Bayern Munich. You know, a bunch of ex-coaches, ex-players are becoming coaches now. Look at Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola played for uh, Barcelona for his entire life, right? At the end of his career, he had to leave Barcelona because he just wasn't good enough for Barcelona. And then all of a sudden, he came back. He coached Barcelona B. Then he was given the opportunity to coach Barcelona's first team, and he won. And that's how his managerial career started. Even though before, he was, I wouldn't say Pep Guardiola was one of the best players for Barcelona, but he was a key player, um, and a key player as in that he started games. He sometimes was substituted on, but he was no way in shape, you know, the key, uh, I guess the big name star is what I'm trying to say here. You know, because they had players like Rivaldo and uh, Ronaldo, um, so he wasn't in no means like the best player or one of the best players. He was just, uh, I guess he was a club's servant. That's what he was. Um, and it, and look, look where he's, uh, look where his, uh, road has gone to. So it's, it's like that with a lot of players. Um, Ryan Giggs is trying to do that, you know, really good player. And then, you know, after like 15 20 years it just your body is not the same your performance is not the same technology gets better even though um for for newer generations it benefits them more than you and you know the newer generations the players are just you know performing better and they're faster they're they're quicker they can shoot better they can last longer they can run harder they can press uh quicker um you know they're they're taller maybe um, they're stronger all of that comes into consideration and then you know you get that moment where you can't you know you can't play start uh the game or play for 90 minutes you know you might come on crucial stages and in basketball for example look what happened to kevin garnett kobe bryant you know, kobe bryant was asked to do so much as a you know a 34 year old and you know it broke everybody's heart when he tore his achilles he tore his achilles and you know it was just you everybody knew at that moment it was done so because you it was going to be very hard for him to get back to that same level because when you tear your achilles 
it's probably one of the worst injuries. Now it's probably not that bad because of technology in 2019, but back in like 2013, that was that was a tough tough injury to partake. And you know, look at guys right now in uh, Dirk Nowitzki, for example, Mavericks, the ger- big German Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki, you know, he's he's really old. He's been playing for about 20. He's been playing. This is 21st season for the Dallas Mavericks. And, you know, he, he's he got back problems. He's got back contusion, his back spasms, um, all of these injuries. He can't, he can't, you know, compete with the younger guys. So he might play, you know, 15 minutes and he will, he will give you a really good 15 minutes. The next night, if it's a back to back, he might need to take a time off because his body can't heal in time. And sooner or later, we're going to realize Dirk Nowitzki, you know, you see that Dirk Nowitzki starting lineup, ball in, and then now he's like on the bench and gets 10 minutes. And for some guys, that's cool. You know, some players, they can't do that. They just don't, don't want to be part of that, you know, 10-minute um, grind. And Dirk Nowitzki is doing that for the benefit of the team and the organization. And, you know, he might go into coaching later and, you know, he's going to know a lot about coaching because of the players, because of the coaching, because of he's very smart, his IQ is really high. So, you know, everything goes into factor. And I just wanted to tie these two down with a personal example and, you know, a question that um, I basically put out on Twitter um, a few days ago. So that's that's one aspect of it. Um, and to finish it up, um, I want to say that, you know, it's a it's a real it's a real, you know, all these players that don't play and, you know, especially on top level. And I'm talking about top level. Like I'm talking about World Cup, Euro Cup, the Copa America, all of these huge, huge um, tournaments, international tournaments, and even the Champions League, right? The Europa League too. Free, screw that. The Europa League is a big, big trophy when you consider it in, in context. And it is a big trophy. You're just mocked upon. But what I'm trying to get at here is that, you know, um, players that are part of these squads should be really, really proud of being part of the squad, even if they didn't do much. You know, you were good enough to be in a squad. The manager, the board, the coaching staff, whoever is in charge, the organization, they, you know, they found you content, good enough to be part of the squad to when called upon to bring a positive impact so that's a key moment key key um you know statement that i think a lot of people should understand so it's not just uh, black and white you know they everybody has given their time their um you know their blood sweat and tears and they've improved and they're part of the team and whatever called upon they must be ready so I think that's where I'm going to end it up on. Um, I think I think this should go up as soon as possible. But um, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, let me know what you guys think on Twitter. I will. I will. Um, I will be discussing more about what I'm going to be talking about in the future uh, future episodes on Twitter 
and on Instagram. Um, so if you guys follow, that would be great. It's at football TV VG, both on Instagram and on Twitter. Oh, so give a give a give a follow on both. Um, that would mean a lot. You know, take a listen to the episodes. Uh, if you guys have any feedback, feedback would be great. You can just you know um, post it on um, either Instagram or you know on the DMs or whatever in either platform or on Twitter. So that would be great. Um, so on that, uh, that is all. Um, Again, thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Uh, Thank you for the people that uh, have been listening and the feedback. If you do want to support the podcast, um, that would be great. It gives me the opportunity to continue to making these podcasts. To support the podcast, you just have to go on to the Anchor page, my profile page on Anchor, and just hit support podcast, and uh, you can just pick uh, the subscription uh, option. So thank you guys. We'll be back soon with another upload. Um, have a good day. Have a good night, whatever time zone you're at. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye.